Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. On a week dominated by all things NFL, and with all eyes looking towards this weekend's playoff matchups, it's a huge matchup tonight in the NBA. We're going to break it down. This is what we love to do on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, uh, we love to, to grow the Wolfpack. And tonight, uh, the Wolfpack grows as we get you ready for an NBA doubleheader on ESPN tonight. Sixers, Nets, 7.30 p.m. Grizzlies, Warriors, 10 p.m. You can't get much better than that when it comes to drama. So, we let our Wolfpack grow by one. Kendrick Perkins joins us now, ESPN NBA analyst. Perk, let's start with a little drama from the Heat. He tweeted after a win over the Celtics. Celtics gave away the ball 17 times in the narrow loss to the Heat. In a matchup, the Celtics had a chance to win if they didn't, again, generate self-inflicted wounds. Really throwing shade at the Heat, also throwing shade at the Cowboys. Beautiful tweet. What do you make of social media beef growing uh, between these teams? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Man, look, I mean, again, that's what it's all about. Like, like let's make this about being competitive again. Like, I don't want to see the jersey swaps. I think I told y'all that before. I don't give a damn about all that. Like, Let's get back to this. Like, let's build up the 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 moment for these games and make these games rivalries and make it have some type of friction. Long as long as it's between the lines. Like, I love this. This is what it's about. Like, the fans love it. We love it. Like, I'm with it. And they should have been trolling the Celtics. They should have been trolling because I don't know if y'all saw that game, but it was just a it was it was a disaster at the end. I mean, from a coaching standpoint all the way to Jason Tatum turnovers, all the way to the Celtics couldn't get a good shot. The Heat stayed in that zone, that boring defense, Eric Spolcher coached his behind off. I mean, it was just so much up and down going on with that game, but the Heat had a right to troll. They went and got that. They earned that. Now, since we're going to talk about a little beef, we're going to talk about the late matchup. <laughs> the Grizzlies versus the Warriors, man. And we know how these two teams feel about one another, and it's not in a pleasant way. But in this, the last game these two teams played, Jaron Jackson Jr., he got in foul trouble, got to be able to stay on the floor. Dylan Brooks, he can't be worried about Shannon Sharp, can't be worried about Unk and getting folded up on the sideline. He got to keep his head in the game, Perk. What are your thoughts on that? Well, no, you're right. And, I mean, look, the good thing about the Grizzlies is that they actually brought excitement back again, too. Like, they go talk they noise, they go bump their gums. But they go show up and play, and they go take their losses on the chin. And guess what? You're not going to change who they are. They're still going to be the same team. Now, they are on the three-game losing streak. So, I think coming in tonight, you know, they, they got to be ready, you know what I'm saying, to go out there and do what they do and handle their business. And John Morant got to be ready to lead this team because Golden State desperate for a win right now. But this is what you want, man. This is what you want. But for us, uh, Dylan Brooks, like, Dylan Brooks is one of those guys, right? If you're a fan of a, of a team, you hate if he's not on your team, but you love him when he's on your team. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, he may yep. not shoot the ball the, the best every single night, and he may do have some dumb turnovers, but the great thing about it, he's going to bring that tenacity. He's going to defend, and, you know, 
you know, if he's on your squad, you gonna love him. He's gonna do all the little things. I, t- I tell you this, per he better leave Uncle on. <laughs> No, no. Unk strong too. I, I need y'all. Like, I, I need to know this because, like, let's face it. If everybody's seen Perk. Perk. Perk is a big, big man, right? So I'm thinking the three of us go to a game. We're sitting on. We're sitting courtside. How? Like, if I'm running my mouth, because let's face it, I got this much beef next to me. I'm definitely running my mouth. Are y'all gonna protect me from the outset, or are you gonna let me take one solid punch from somebody before you step in? Like, do I need to learn my lesson about? Yapping on the uh, hey man, we, ca- we, you- we came together. That uh, means we okay. leaving together. That, Believe that. Yeah, that means we leaving together. Exactly. I, I like that straight up. Like <laughs> if you get in the fight, damn it, we all getting in the fight. We just got to deal with the consequences. <laughs> Look, we're about to be a social media sensation. This trio walking around. Uh, Ad uh, Ad is likely returning. They say for the Lakers tonight. Make me care, Perk. Tell me why this is going to be hugely significant for the Lakers moving forward. It's because it's going to take pressure off LeBron James. LeBron James ain't going to have to go out there and be dropping 40s and doing stuff and playing extended minutes at the age of 38 years of age. And also now, guess what? You Now you'll be able to see, you know, AD back at that four position where he want to play it. Because if I'm Darvin Ham, what Thomas Bryant has been showing me over the last, you know, month or so since AD been out, I'm like, hold on, man. Like, I could move AD to the four and let Thomas Bryant do the banging down here and bring that tenacity. So, you know, I, I just see AD bringing, you know, coming and lifting that pressure off of Bryant. But also, I'm ready to see him be that tandem with Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant, man, it was a blessing in disguise for AD to get hurt, you know, because now the Lakers got an opportunity to see what they got in this young man. All right, so you mentioned LeBron uh, five or six games away from the all-time scoring record. We've been talking about that a ton. But I remember this conversation when he first got acquired, like first came to the Lakers. There was this conversation of what would he have to do to cement himself as an all-time Laker? That's a really difficult list to get on. So if he ends up with the all-time scoring record as we project in the next week, week and a half, how does that change his Lakers legacy to you, man? I mean, it's going to still be the same. Still and all, you know, Braun still is not going to be able to compare with Kobe and and far as, uh, you know, Magic. But he, guess what? His jersey still going to be up in the Raptors when you walked in the Crypto.com arena. That's all that matters. Like, like, like let's, let's just get this out here. Once he pass up Kareem, it ain't going to matter about where he fit in as far as the Lakers organization. You know what's going to matter? is that he's going to really be stamped as greatest player of all time. He's already that in my eyes, but he's just going to put it in all of Michael Jordan fans' faces, the MJ faces, that LeBron James is the GOAT. It's just going to stamp that. So while you thinking about that, and to all those old heads out there, you know, Stephen A., J. Rose, who – Go ride or die with MJ. Six, he went six. He finished six. He won six. All this, I don't care. All time leading score. Ooh, now now we can't have you on Perkin. We just not talk about the Sixers and Nets. That's at seven thirty tonight on ESPN. We got Ben Simmons going back to Philly. The city of brotherly love. Now, I am hope he's done chasing that $800,000 engagement ring that he mm. gave his ex-fiance. Who do, you think, <laughs> who do you think needs this game more, the Sixers or the Brooklyn Nets? The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets. Because you know why? The Philadelphia 76ers 
Man, we don't talk about them enough because obviously we got the Celtics and we got the Bucks as our favorites, and, and I understand that. But the six is right there in the thick of things. When you come down to having the best team in the league, they right there in the thick of things. You know, like for as them, like the the Sixers beating the Nets tonight without KD really don't mean nothing. If they lose to the Nets tonight, it still don't mean nothing. But it means everything. If Ben Simmons to give Kyrie Irving some help and see if he could help win in Philly tonight. All eyes on Ben Simmons. Like, Kyrie Irving, th- just think about his last two performances. He had to go into Utah and into Golden State and put that team on his back just for them to get two wins. Ben Simmons has been non-existent. It's his time to shine tonight. Let's see what he got. We need he to see $800,000 worth. That's what we need to see. Yeah, I'll tell you that right now. And then – you know why he wanted out of Philly, right? He thought it should have been his team over Joel and B. Mm-hmm. So go back in Philly and show us why. You got the opportunity tonight. I'm I'm still shooketh by walking into a jewelry store with an eight hundred thousand dollar budget when it comes to you know what what's your budget on that ring? I don't know, man. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna go dime over eight hundred grand. Like I mean, good lord, Perk, I don't want to know what it looks like because I don't want to be responsible. Harry <laughs> <laughs> hey, doesn't want his wife to know what it looks like because then he can have to go, out and go go ring shopping. That's what we're really talking about. Uh, Perk, we appreciate your time, man. As always, thanks for hanging out with us. Y'all know I'm gonna go full eighties like Jimmy Mouth of the South. Heart, like I'm gonna have the megaphone. We're gonna get sick, sick courtside, and I'm just gonna ta- start talking. You're gonna both roll your eyes and be like, "Here we go again." We're gonna have to defend the little guy. It's gonna happen, Perk. Thanks for hanging out with us. All right, thank you, Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join the growing team. Go to progressive.com/careers and apply online today. One of the biggest names in the NBA said plenty about a problem the league is facing moving forward that I just don't think is true. You'll hear it. We'll react to it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer Harry Douglas. Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer oh, Harry my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Oh, you got to use a K. Respect. That's why I guess that's what I did. Respect. The respect. With some I, respect. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're also on your smart speakers. Just say, hey, play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, we're going to get in a couple of minutes to some uh, breaking drama. We have breaking Cowboys drama. We will get to it in just a few minutes. Well, we were just talking to Perk. Perk asked me thinking about Charles Barkley. Right, Because when I think NBA, we all know what Charles Barkley says. It's different. Charles Barkley, NBA Hall of Famer, was on Sirius XM NBA radio. And he was talking specifically about the NBA, their collective bargaining agreement. I know a lot of you guys don't care about that stuff, but it's important because we are reaching opt-out points that could put an end to the existing agreement as early as this summer. And Charles Barkley thinks doomsday could be coming over load management. Check it out. 
I see guys that got a sore hip or something. I'm like, everybody's sore in the NBA after 20, <laughs> 30, 40 games. I think it's going to be very interesting when, in the next CBA because billionaires always wins against millionaires. And I think those owners are going to try to do something. I don't know what it is. I think there's going to be a strike or a lockout, however you want to phrase it. But I think they're going to say, okay, you guys don't want to play. I'm going to teach you all a lesson. I mean, Harry, mm-hmm. I, I, I love the concept of it. I just don't think, A, load management is that big of a problem, honestly. Uh, and, B, I don't think it'd be a problem we're shutting the whole league down because we live in a world where everything is judged by the playoffs, right? So if somebody, even these billionaire owners, don't want you to play a regular season game if it means you're going to be fresher in the playoffs. So why are they mad about it? I think it becomes an issue when you have a fan that may travel 4,000 yards, or, I mean 4,000 miles or, you know, 1,200 miles to go see their favorite player play, but that player that night is uh, taking a low, uh, low management day and isn't out there on the basketball court. That's when it becomes a problem. People who, you know, work tremendously hard to earn their money and earn a living and decides to spend their money to watch their favorite team and their favorite player, and then those guys don't go out there um, and play the game because of load management. I think that's, that's where it becomes an issue. And I actually, what Charles Barkley just said, I actually posed to someone a year ago. And they're, they're in the basketball world, in the basketball loop, and they told me they didn't think it would happen. But here's the thing, and I think it was either Stan Van Gundy or Jeff Van Gundy. One of the two Van Gundys mentioned this recently is that you look at back in the days, right, when you didn't have all these doctors and all this, you know, this, this, uh, this training to, to be as fresh as possible in, in recovery for your body. And guys didn't miss time like that. How was it that we have all this stuff now and guys miss more time than guys back in the day who didn't have that stuff? I, I don't understand how it works like that. I think it's a great question, and I'm not smart enough. Maybe we'll, we'll hit up Stefania Bell, injury expert, sometime to sort of help us get a little bit of a more understanding on that because I, I totally agree with you. The thing that always hits me about collective bargaining is, and this comes back to, you know, always talking to guys like you and, and guys like Dominique and, and you know, the Golics and, uh, you know, just anybody, Hawk, uh, guys that played in the league, right? One thing we all know about the CBA is that collective bargaining agreements are rarely changed for small exceptions to large rules. So, you know, a lot of times you hear everybody say, well, there's going to be a lockout or a strike over the franchise tag, as has been pointed out to me in the NFL a million times. So few players are actually impacted by the franchise tag that why is it a a hill that the entire union is going to negotiate on, right? Like, So even what you're talking about, which I I think you're right, the human element of me hates it, that there's going to be, you know, that you might want to go with your kids and you drive all the way or you fly all the way across country, you want to go to a Lakers game and LeBron and AD aren't there. Like that is so wildly unfair and it stinks and it's terrible. But that impacts so few actual players and so few actual fans compared to the overall uh, overarching scope of the business and playoffs and championships. I don't see why everybody dies on that hill. Like it just feels to me like one of those things where you're like, yep, that stinks. And that's just an inevitability that comes with being an NBA fan. Because ultimately, if you if there's any version that gets you less of John Morant in the playoffs, mm-hmm. if you're a Grizzlies fan, you want him to sit. If he misses 20 games in the regular season because he wants to rest his butt cheeks, I don't care as long as it makes him the best version of Jai he can be for the playoffs. And we live in a world where all we do is sit there on all of our shows and say, well, what about championships? What about championships? That's all we define the NBA by anymore. So regular season can't really matter enough to force a guy to go out there and play. 
And I will also tell you this, when it comes to the CBA and in, in the talks, um, when this one is up currently, I would say another thing that can potentially lead to a lockout is the simple fact that we've seen so many players that are superstars force their way out of organizations. I think that's something the, the owners will revisit when it comes to CBA negotiations because we've seen it happen with James Harden. We've seen it happen with Anthony Davis. We've seen it happen with Ben Simmons. And I just don't think the owners of the game want to see things like this transpire because of the superstar players are so much of the product. I think it's a bad look on their end and, and for their regards as well. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, if I'm an owner, I'm far more worried about player empowerment getting to the point that I can never force contracts to be honored than I am about whether or not a guy misses a, a, a middle-of-the-season game against a, a bad basketball team. Like, I don't know that there's a great solution for load management also because it presumes that I know better than the body of the athlete, right? So even if I want to enforce load management, I'd have to go, if, if Harry Douglas is playing, uh, you know, or your brother is playing, Playing in the NBA, right? And he's like, I, I need a day off. All they have, to, all the team has to do is say, well, it's his hip. And who's going to question that? What are we going to go to him and be like, well, yep. prove it. Like, you can't prove it. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And you certainly don't want to punish players for looking out for the better interests of their bodies. So, like, I, the concept is far better, far easier than the execution to me. I need to, I need to, have, my brother, he, he actually gets here. To what's the day? Wednesday. Yeah. He gets here tomorrow Woo! because I mean, is, you know, are we going to have a Douglas? They're, they're, they're naming our basketball gym after uh, me and my brother at our high school, Jonesboro High. Yeah, I was like that on that court, ladies and gentlemen. Just in case you didn't know, they retired the jersey and everything, baby. Just in case y'all didn't know. But I'm gonna ask him tomorrow when he gets here uh, about a lot of these topics that we're talking about. Yeah, well, he should come on and hang out with us. Like we'll make it a Douglas Brothers. Well, he's power? gonna be at my parents' house tomorrow. He's gonna. He's not gonna come to my house. Well, who's I think, more, not to, who's more important, your, your you know your your family or your 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 work family, Harry? Uh, my, Just, my okay, yeah, I knew you were going to answer that the right <laughs> okay. way. Uh, obviously, he was going to answer that right way. Uh, speaking of answering it the right way. And my brother's Tony Douglas, just in case you know the listeners or the viewers didn't know who that was. But Tony Douglas got drafted by the Knicks in the first round of 2009, and he's overseas now playing in Portugal. Now, we just need to play Tony, Tony, Tony and have him come on the show. That's all I'm saying. Uh, that That's the right way to handle it. Play Tony, 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 bring the other Douglas on, right? That's the right way to handle it. What happens when it's the wrong way to handle something? Are the Cowboys right now dealing with a perception issue being caused by one of their biggest stars? We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It starts with me. I've got to be better. Yeah, no excuses for that. Prescott back, deep out to the left. It's intercepted at the 30-yard line. Dallas has turned it over twice today. That's unacceptable. Guys, put me in a position to to go win the game, and uh, I wasn't able to do that. Got to go 94 yards. This game is over. And so is the Cowboys' season. Sometimes a simple tweet can create even more controversy, especially when it's from a star player about the team with stars on their helmets. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. The Cowboy hat is back on. 
We had a heated debate earlier about the Cowboys. We'll get it out on social media for you. You can also check it out on the podcast if you're late to hang out with us today. But uh, Harry's brought the hat back out. By the way, I, still, I mean, the more I look at it, the more I think with the Cowboy hat on, like you could totally be the, I, I don't know, maybe the bad guy in a Quentin Tarantino movie or the cool guy. In, can like, I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. You ever seen a black cowboy? Yeah, well, I mean, I lived in the South for a while, so yeah, you know, I mean, there, there ain't no. My, I've seen more mutton busting in my life than you have. All right, by the way, uh, mutton busting. Uh, <laughs> but the is, reason why, listen, I, I own multiple cowboy hats, cowboy boots, belt buckles, the whole nine, because I had a life changing experience when I moved to Nashville for three years, and you know, I got in tune with a different side of me that I didn't know I needed. But that, that's why I own so many boots and hats and stuff now. Uh, I go to rodeos. I go hunting quail. Ain't nobody gonna out quail hunt me, baby. Yeah, uh, if you think you can, we're gonna have a nice little competition. Okay. See if you can get them quail better than I can. I don't even know. I I just don't even know how to handle that. I don't know what I'm supposed to like. I've never even shot a gun. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about quail hunting. Which is only <laughs> ironic that the guy that spent most of his life on a country music tour bus has no idea how any of this works. But uh, and uh, yes, for the record, I didn't bring a cowboy hat in because I look like Woody from Toy Story with the cowboy hat on, and nobody wants Woody. There's I look, a snake in my like, boot. I'm telling you, I like if Beaker and Woody from Toy Story had a weird love child. That's me. And I, I I'm the first one. All right. So, <laughs> So we have controversy today in the form of a tweet from the Cowboys. Before we get to the actual tweet, I want you to hear what the reaction was to. Because Brandon Bean, uh, the Bills GM, was asked at his press conference about the advantage the Bengals have over them. And uh, one of those advantages is uh, specifically about contracts. No, they have a good team. I mean, they right now are on the advantage of a rookie quarterback contract. They had some lean years without getting too much into their build. I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get... Jamar Chase like he's a heck of a talent I'd love to have him but you gotta you gotta go through some lean years to do that you know they were able to get Burrow one I don't remember where Chase was drafted but it was pretty high like and those guys are on their rookie deals we're paying Stefan Diggs a pretty hefty number we're paying Josh Allen a pretty hefty number so there is the constraints of the cap they have a really good team they got some good young players that led to a response before I get to the response, well, your eyes lit up. Though? Yeah, your eyes lit up, bro. What, what's on your mind? It's just, it's just preach to me. Just, just because you're not able to draft a Jamar Chase in the top ten doesn't mean that you can't find a, a nice hell of a talent at the wide receiver position late in the first round or any other round. That yeah. doesn't. That doesn't. Like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand that. I, I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I get that he's saying that he doesn't want to be losing and have to pick that high. But at the same time, that's a part of the front office's job. I mean, is to go out there and find the best, you know, skill position players or best people, period, to complement the players that you already have on your team. Uh, somebody else on that exact team, T. Higgins, 33rd overall in the draft. Like, you didn't have to pick at the top exactly. of the draft. Uh, Justin Jefferson was drafted 22nd overall with the mm-hmm. Bills pick that they traded for Stephon Dix. So if they wanted to be on rookie contracts, they could. Uh, uh, it, lead, it, it led to a response, so, and that response came from Micah Parsons. Now, Micah Parsons seems to love to use Twitter to get everybody fired up. He quote-tweeted the audio clip with this. Besides Mahomes, every team in the Final Four QB is on a rookie deal and surrounded by talent. Mm-hmm. Interesting take. So uh, let me let me start by. Uh, but 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 why why did he say that though? What, what did off off of um what Sean McDermott had said about Jamar Chase? Uh, off of what Brandon Bean, the Bills GM, just said. Yeah, Brandon Bean. I'm yeah. Sorry. So he reacted to this exact audio 
by saying, besides Mahomes, every team in the Final Four QB is on a rookie deal surrounded by talent. It sure says that he's, it sure sounds like he's saying that the Cowboys should be surrounded, you know, should be in a rookie deal situation. Now, Harry, you know me. I, 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 I like facts too much. Don't let facts get in the way of a good story. I have asked our stats and info department to, to deep dive into this. And if you go all the way back to 2011, there is absolutely no evidence that there's an advantage to a young quarterback over a signed quarterback. There's no evidence in the number of quarterbacks on rookie deals versus the number of quarterbacks on non-rookie deals. In fact, if you look through 2011 to 2019, 19, there were more non-rookie quarterbacks in the Super Bowl than there were rookie quarterbacks. And if you take over the last few years, it's about a 50-50 split. In fact, if you even go to the salary cap numbers, there's no evidence that supports you can't pay your quarterback and win. I love that everybody's... We say this on our shows, too. Mm -hmm. Our stats and info department have gone back every Super Bowl for the last 15 years, and there just isn't the evidence of this take. But now you got Parsons out here supporting a take that is factually incorrect, and also throwing his quarterback under the bus. Well, let me ask you this. What about the last five or six years? Uh, I, I mean, I can go back and ask stats and info for the because last I think five the, I think if you look at the last five or six years, I, I would think things would shift towards having, you know, the rookie quarterback to open up a lot of calorie, uh, salary cap space for other guys to be brought in. Yeah, but you look at the last couple of years off the top of our head. Brad, uh, the, the Rams weren't on a rookie quarterback deal. Joe Burrow was. The year before that, Mahomes was already on his new deal, not a rookie deal. Tom Brady was not on a rookie deal. So that's in the last two years alone, you've got three of the four quarterbacks that were not on rookie deals. Like It's a perception thing. It's not a reality thing. I'll, I'll ask that and pull at, it at, again. But at one point, Mahomes was, though. And that's when they won their Super Bowl when he was on that rookie deal. Right. They lost a Super Bowl when he wasn't on his rookie deal. Exactly. And they won it when he was on on, on his rookie deal. But as far as getting to the Super Bowl, there's no empirical data that says that that there's an advantage one way or the other. It just doesn't exist. Like, uh, you're right that that he wasn't on – uh, he wasn't on his rookie deal when they lost the Super Bowl, but they were in the Super Bowl, right? Like, so yeah. if they, yeah. the stats and info group went, went back, and I can have them redo it again because it's been a year and a half since they did it for me. They went back and looked at every Super Bowl since 2011, and mm-hmm. there was no, if, in fact, the last time they did it, eight of the 16 starting quarterbacks accounted for less than 10% of the total salary cap that season. Eight of the 16 at one point counted for more than uh, 10% of uh, the salary cap. Like, No, I, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking from this tweet from Michael Parsons, is he implying that Jerry Jones and them should, you know, wipe the slate clean and start with the young buck? Yeah, 100%. Should they get rid of Dak and start with the young buck? 100%. That, that's what I'm, I'm trying to read between the lines, and I don't want to put, uh, you know, words in another human being's, especially another man's mouth. But if you're, you know, tweeting besides Mahomes, every team in the Final Four quarterback is on a rookie deal and surrounded by talent. And then I hear um, Marcus Spears on numerous of occasions and say the lack of talent that the Dallas Cowboys have, and you just look at the four teams that are left playing, those guys have talent all around them, all around them. I mean, remarkable talent around them. Is that what Michael Parsons is implying here? Yeah, and we I, also know how he f- felt after that game, <laughs> you know, with Dak Prescott being the reason why they lost. Yeah, you mentioned that. This For anyone that didn't hear it, this is what he said right after the game. You take away from the things, I think we held them to one touchdown. You tell me you holding, we come in this game and holding them to under 20 points, and if you take away the turnover points, you holding them to under 15, you win the game. So I, I really want to say that. I think everybody left it out there, but they made bigger plays. I, it, 
It is. Here's the one thing that I need everybody to hear, especially I'm, Parsons. I'm laughing right now. I'm, I'm laughing. Why are you laughing? And here's why I'm laughing. That's why Dak Prescott can't be good versus the San Francisco 49ers. That's why on that go route to CD Lamb when he's wide open, you got to be great and hit him in stride. You can't afford to be good in games like that. You have to be great. And Dak Prescott was not. He was less than. He was less than good, to be honest. The, the funniest part of all of this to me is when we looked at the numbers as of a year ago, only one player, Rob Gronkowski, only one player in the entire NFL in the last 10 years won a Super Bowl when they were the highest paid at their position. So if the argument is about mm. not getting paid, well, Mike Parsons should understand as part of what he's tweeting here isn't just about quarterbacks. It's about every position. Every sing- You pay somebody in this NFL according to the, the last 10 years, you That's don't right. win a Super Bowl. So like maybe Parsons should look in the mirror and ask himself if he doesn't want to take top dollar, if he thinks he's part of the problem. Because I'm pretty sure when it's time for his contract, he's not going to look around and send out these subtweets. And and if I'm Dak, <laughs> if I'm Dak, I'm calling Parsons right now being like, you don't know how to text me? Like, you got oh, something no, to I say. Call, say something. I I, listen, I'm calling him and saying we need to meet face to face. Because like certain things, if you got something to say, be, be a man, come to me and say it. Don't don't have me trying to read between the lines. If you got something to say, come to me like a grown man, and we can address it like grown men do. Which raises a question, not about Dak, but about Parsons and the Cowboys. We all know the game isn't over till it's over. Next time your car breaks down, don't call it quits. Head to eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotor.com. Let's ride. Should the Cowboys be concerned about Michael Parsons, particularly his tone and the way he's handling this. Also, is there a strange comparison that needs to be made between the Cowboys and Chiefs? We'll talk about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Prescott back, has time, throws out left, intercepted, ball got tipped up and taken by Fred Warner. For us to only put up the points that we did, that, that's unacceptable and it starts with me and I've got to be better. Hand off McCaffrey, touchdown! The San Francisco 49ers have earned their way back into the NFC Championship game next Sunday in Philadelphia by beating the Cowboys today 19-12. Athletes are allowed to have their own personality. They're allowed to use their social media feed however they want. They're allowed to say what they want and be human beings. I think we get all of that. But what do you do when one of your stars continues to say things that that forces the organization to answer questions? That might be the boat the Cowboys suddenly find themselves in. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, we are dressed for success Wednesday here. It's a thing. If you want to tweet us a picture of you dressed for success at Jason Fitz at HDouglas83, or whatever you're wearing today, uh, just send it, and we'll pick a winner, and we'll send a winner some uh, Fitz and Harry stuff when we get it done, uh, because we are all suited and booted on this show. Everybody uh, in this uh, in this uh, show is uh, dressed to impress. Also, uh, if you're listening to us right now, now, set your clock for tomorrow at this exact time because at this time tomorrow, Sauce Gardner going to join us the show. Uh, join the show. We'll rank some sauces. We'll rank, well, maybe maybe everything tomorrow could be sauce related. We'll rank. What we got sauces. tomorrow? Say it one more time for the people. Sauce Gardner. Woo-hoo. 
Sauce Gardner, uh, Evan, who, by the way, uh, looks like mini Jason Garrett today uh, in his suit. Evan looking proper today. Uh, You are a large Jets fan. Will you be able to control your fandom when Sauce Gardner calls him? No, as the great Ian Eagle said, I'm going to get lost in the sauce. Okay, you're going to get lost in the sauce. Whoa, I don't think think that's meant for you to be saying it. Are you going (laughs) to ask him for a jersey? Because that feels like the right thing to do. Uh, No, I don't wear jerseys. As as you can see on the ESPN app, I look good in a suit. I think I might just wear a suit to work. Every day, because man, I look good today. So yeah, no that, jersey. That, well, plus when you can well, buy well, your suits in the best. kids' department, man, it makes it easier. Good. That bogo price good. in the kids' you feel department. Good. You play good. Goes a lot further. <laughs> I didn't know kids are us sold suits, but apparently they do for. <laughs> Is that the Ken Barbie doll suit? Uh, you go, the Barbie doll. You go, boy. Oh wow. All right. So we were just talking about Michael Parsons, who has uh, an interesting tweet out there. A lot of people are going to react to it as uh, Brandon Bean, the Bills GM, made it clear that the Bengals have some advantages because they've got great players on young, uh, on uh, early contracts, right? And so it led to a quote tweet of that audio. And uh, within that quote tweet, Parsons reminding everybody that uh, he said, besides Mahomes, every team in the final, the final four QBs is on a rookie deal and surrounded by talent. Mm-hmm. Interesting take. Hard not to feel like that's not throwing shade at Dak, and that feels weird. Like, organizationally, do am I worried at this point about it? I feel like every couple of weeks I'm answering questions about Michael Parsons. As great as my, you and I are both huge Michael yeah. Parsons fans. Am I, I am. worried about the way he's talking? Well, I just, I just think as an organization, if you're Jerry, if you're Stephen Jones, if you're Mike McCarthy, um, even if you're Dan Quinn, a defensive coordinator, um, or his position coach, you have to have a conversation with Michael Parsons because he's a phenomenal player, um, outstanding, uh, has the has opportunity to, to one day be a Hall of Famer. That's how good he is right now in his young stages of his career. But I do believe he needs to calm down just a tiny bit when it comes to social media and, and, and tweeting. And this is not his first incident. This is probably like his... <laughs> Third or fourth, it feels like seven hundred and thirty seconds. You know what I mean? And, and, oh, I, and I played with someone who uh, happened to be one of our star players when I was in Atlanta, and he had an issue with tweeting things, and you know, not actually reading the tweets before he sent it. So we used to find his ass every time in our meeting room. He had one of those episodes, and our receiver coach would grab him and and, and talk to him and say, "Listen, man, you can't do this. I mean, be, you, know, you, you, you can't do this." So let's let's peek me out. Let, put your put your player hat on. You always have your player yeah. hat on, uh, and your cowboy hat if you'd like, but especially your player hat. Uh, I imagine you open up Twitter today. And all of a sudden, you're one of your stars, one of the stars of your team, has tweeted out, oh, "Wow, amazing! All of these wide receivers are on rookie quarterback or rookie contracts, and they're winning games. We're not. Like, wouldn't that make you feel some kind of way? Like, I just feel like it's really natural for Dak to open up Twitter today and have sort of like a, whoa, we're gonna have a conversation about that. Yeah, and I don't mind people using, you know, social media." Um, to better their platforms or anything. And, and we do live in a, in a country where there's free, free speech, right? But at the same time, you do have to watch what you say. You do have to watch what you tweet. And you also have to think about, hey, is this going to put my teammate in a position that's not a good light? Is he going to feel some type of way? Do I need to relax a little bit? Do I need to chill? And I just think some people high up in the Cowboys organization just got to have, just, just need to have that talk with Michael Parsons and, because I, I I get it. Like he 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 is going to be the face of the franchise if he not already is, because Michael Parsons is a dog and he's that guy. 
And when you think about the Dallas Cowboys, of course you're going to think about the quarterback position uh, because the stars on the side of that helmet. But you also think about Michael Parsons and what he's able to do. And a lot of people comparing him to a guy like, you know, number 56, Lawrence Taylor. But at, at the same time, you got to take a chill pill too, man. Yeah, you, you can't be adding this extra controversy for your team. This is what gets weird, like because you want individuals to be able to be individuals, and we talk That's all right. the time about coaches being able to figure out the pulse of their team. But you also got to be able to sit somebody down and be like, "Hey, man, this didn't help anybody." Uh, and, and you know, frankly, right, right now, what the Cowboys need from leadership all the way down is they need everybody on the same page about the the action consequence principle. Like you said this, and now this is created. It doesn't matter whether that's what you meant or not. Now a whole conversation has been created about whether a star thinks that their team should move off from their star quarterback. Like that, that just absolutely is 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 stunning. Speaking of stunning, my brain works weird ways there's a Cowboys Chiefs comparison only this show would make you'll hear it next Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio Fitz and Harry the podcast 